Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we get started, I want to remind you the program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. And I want to thank Blair so much for uh, supporting the program at support.greatdetectives.net on a one-time basis. And you can also become an ongoing contributor at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for today's episode of The Private Files of Rex Saunders. Original air date, May the 9th of 1951. And the title is A Shocking Still Life. Concerning art, the value of a portrait does not always depend upon the artist. There's the model to be considered, especially when the model turns out to be a shocking still life. And now, the private files of Rex Saunders. Now for our story. The portrait hung in the window of one of those little out-of-the-way art shops that helped give Greenwich Village its bohemian air. I was about to move on, but something held me to the spot. There was a strange fascination about the girl in the painting. She was uncommonly beautiful, but there was the unmistakable mark of doom on her. It was in the eyes, two bottomless black pools. You think she's beautiful, don't you? I turned and saw her standing next to me. She'd come out of the shadows unnoticed. She was cheaply dressed and her face was partially hidden by a scarf she held to it. Everybody thinks she's beautiful. You do too, huh? You mean that portrait? I mean the portrait. Her. Well, to be frank, it isn't her beauty that interests me exactly. It's uh, the look about her. The look of death. Yes, that's just what I was thinking. The artist called the picture the passing over. He was thinking of death. You seem to be familiar with the work. Yes, familiar. I come here every day to look at it. I come after it gets dark. I don't go out in the daylight anymore. I sit in my room. I sit and wait for the dark to come. I'm like something dead. Well, you really shouldn't keep yourself cooped up like that. You're much too young. Young and attractive. That's what you were going to say, isn't it? Something like that? Yes, something like that. Well, look at me, mister. Take a good look. She lowered the scarf from her face and moved into the light. Her face from the eyes down was etched with a mass of ugly purplish-red streaks which drew her features into weird contortions. Acid doesn't do pretty things to a face, does it? <laughs> like the ad, before and after. That was me before that girl in the picture. This is me now, after. I looked at the picture again. Then I saw it. The eyes, they were the same. She was the girl in the portrait. 
That's one of the reasons I come here every night. And there are other reasons, too. Oh, now, look, young lady, you've obviously been in a terrible accident, but that's no reason... Accident? This was no accident. He threw it in my face. He thought that would keep me quiet. But it won't. When the time comes, I'll talk. I'll tell about him. They'll all pay for what he did to me, every last one of them. I don't understand. What is this? Nothing. Nothing. Forget it. Well, maybe I can help. My name is... I don't Rex... care what your name is. I don't need any help. I told you to let me alone. Just let me alone. She hurried down the dim-lit street. I waited a moment and then decided to follow her. She turned around and, seeing I was behind, quickened her pace. I quickened mine. Then she came to the corner. She turned again. She stepped off the curb. She didn't see the fast-moving auto coming towards her. Look out! The car stopped for a moment, then started up and disappeared into the darkness. I rushed to the corner. She was lying, face down in the gutter. She was dead. I did what had to be done. I made my report to homicide. And then Alec picked me up in the car. Oh, where to, Rex? Fourth Street, Alec, just off Sixth. Too bad she didn't hear your warning. Yes, the car was almost on her by then. What did you find out about her? The police had a previous report. Her name was Betty Stark, an artist model. She was taken to Bellevue Hospital six months ago. The acid burns on her face? Yes, she was working for a painter named Philip Darcy at the time. Betty told the police that the accident occurred in Darcy's studio. She claimed that it was she was reaching for a bottle on the shelf and that the acid spilled over her. But she told you someone threw it at her. And I believe that to be the truth, Alec. No more an accident than her death was. What? You mean she was murdered? That's exactly what I mean. It was no hit-and-run accident. That car swerved in from the other side of the street and ran into her deliberately. But what could the reason be? That's what we're going to find out. We might ask that artist, Philip Darcy, a question or two. We might, but there's the simple matter of his being unavailable. What do you mean by that? Inspector Kelly at Homicide tells me that yesterday morning, Philip Darcy's body was found floating in the East River. The artist and the face-scarred model were both dead. Murdered. There were no obvious motives. There was nothing to go on. But there was that strangely fascinating canvas which hung in the window of the village art shop. Well, Rex, what do you expect to learn from a portrait? Well, you can never tell. The shop's just down the block a bit. Here, right here. Come on. Well, not a particularly impressive piece of art. That's quite right, Alec. That portrait in the window there isn't nearly as impressive as the one which was in its place when I was here earlier. Huh? That's not the passing over. It isn't Betty Stark's portrait? No, it isn't. Wait here, Alec. I'm going inside. Good evening, sir. Good evening. What is your pleasure? Well, I uh, had a portrait in mind. The portrait? Yes. The portrait is called uh, The Passing Over. Passing Over. I'm sorry. I've never heard of the painting. Are you quite sure? Quite sure. That's rather odd. 
The portrait you're so ignorant of was hanging out there in your window less than two hours ago. It was replaced by the one that's hanging there now. You're mistaken. You must have the wrong shot. That portrait in the window has been hanging there for more than a week. I was sure the proprietor of the art shop had the answers to some of my questions, but I decided to wait for a more appropriate time to press them. I had Alec drive me round the block quickly, and we parked further along the street with the shop in good view. Then we waited. A few minutes later, the shop went dark, and the dealer came out with a large package, undoubtedly a wrapped painting, and got into a waiting cab. We followed the taxi through the narrow streets of downtown Manhattan. Then it turned south onto the East River Drive. And finally the cab pulled up in front of a deserted pier. There. He's getting out of the cab, Alec. I wonder what he's up to down here. Come along, Alec. Stay close to the wall here. I don't like this. Heaven knows what sort of a mess this will get us into. Heaven knows, Alec. Whatever it is, it can't be a... Wait. What is it? He's climbing down that ladder alongside the wharf. There must be a boat waiting for him. No, I can make it out down there. There's no boat. Well, then why did he... Hurry, before we lose him. He's disappeared into the water. No, don't be silly. There's a ramp at the bottom of this ladder. It runs under the pier. Now I go down first. Come on. Yeah. Watch your step. What now? We're going under the pier. And be careful. This ramp we're on is rather shaky. Ready? Mm, but most unwilling. It's awfully dark in here. Yeah, but Alec, just watch your step and stay close behind me. Hold it, Alec. What's wrong? Look ahead. There's a flashlight. And there's another one. Where? Over there to the left, out towards the end of the pier. They're both blinking on and off. Signals. Hey! Pound, Alec! rang out, we could see gun flashes spit from out towards the end of the pier. The flashlight nearest to us went out. Then we heard the engine of a boat start up and fade off up into the river. You all right, Rex? Yeah. What's it all about? First the flashlight signals, then the shots. I think I have a good idea what it's about. Come on, just up ahead a bit. Yeah. Yeah, here we are. This is your answer, Alec. Look at him. The art dealer. Mm, those shots found their target, all right. Here's his flashlight. Now we'll be able to get a better picture of what things are down here. Look, there's the package he was carrying. I get it. The artist, the model, and now this dealer. They were all murdered because of that picture. No, Alec, not because of this picture. Huh? See for yourself. Why... Why, that's the Mona Lisa. Yes, Alec. And a very cheap reproduction of that. While 
Malik went to notify Homicide, I searched the murdered man's clothes. As I was looking through his wallet, I heard a creak in the ramp board behind me. I turned quickly, but not quickly enough. Mr. Saunders, you have finished with your sleep, Miss Barr. Yeah. I suppose my waking up will have its disadvantages in this case. I take it I owe my eclipse to you. Oui, monsieur. To me. It was necessary at the moment. Forgive me. I did not know who you are. Monsieur Rex Saunders. Mm, well, you won't hold it against me, hmm? <laughs> you make the joke. Mm, very badly. We are brothers, monsieur. I am Marcel Jouvet. French Jerry. Police? Oui, monsieur. I see that for which you go to the dock this evening. I was at that dock trying to track down a murderer. Frankly, I can't see where the French surety fits in that. You're correct, monsieur. I do not seek murderer. It is the painting I've come to this country for. What, the, the, the passing over? Oh, no. I do not know of such a painting. I have come here to find the Renoir. Renoir? Oui, Renoir. An early work of the master. It was stolen from the museum at Lyon. And you traced it here to New York? Finally, monsieur. Would you mean to tell me that the Renoir was in that little art shop on 4th Street? I believe it was there. I was thinking, monsieur. Yes? Perhaps we two, working together, could meet success. Mm, well, perhaps we could. Then it is agreeable. Very well, monsieur Jouvet. It is agreeable. Mm. story is just too crazy to swallow. Yes, but it's true, Alec. Jouvet is convinced that all three deaths are tied in with the Renoir. How do you feel about it? Well, in the absence of anything concrete, I'll go along with Jouvet. Hello? Oh, yes, Jouvet. Where? 21 Front Street, Brooklyn. Yes, I have that. We'll be there in half an hour. All right, Jouvet. Goodbye. Alec, bring the car around front. I'll be right out after I make a call. What's up? We're going to a warehouse on the Brooklyn waterfront. Juve tells me he's sure we'll get results there tonight, but there's one thing I'm not so sure of. What do you mean? The man I spoke to just now on the phone, I'm not entirely sure it was Juve. I called Jouvet's hotel. The desk clerk had some surprising information for me. Marcel Jouvet had checked out a few hours previous. The man who called me to meet him could have been Jouvet, but there was that margin of doubt in my mind. There was one sure way of erasing that doubt. See what the Brooklyn warehouse had to offer. Rex, at the uh, risk of sounding monotonous, I don't like this. Jouvet moves out of his hotel without notifying you, and then you receive that strange call to come here. Yes, but as I said, Alec, the, the caller could have been Jouvet. There's something radically wrong when you're not sure of things. Well, we'll be all right, don't worry. The warehouse is over here. He says it'll be unlocked. Well, this place is empty. Hmm, well, wait to go upstairs. Well, what's supposed to be up there? 
You've said the answer to all our you questions. Stand you stand where One move for me to one of you to get a back full of holes. Okay, now turn around. Slow. He doesn't look a bit like Juve, does he, Alec? Juve couldn't make it. He got a sudden call out of town. In that case, I suppose we may as well leave. Yeah, sure. You leave. My way. That sounds unpleasant. You won't feel it much. It goes fast. Did you ever see one of these? It's a thermite bomb. I just pull this plug out and the joint goes up in smoke in no time and you two nosy characters go with it. Now turn back the way you were. Go ahead, do what I said. Okay. Now over there to that door. You. Open it. All right. Inside, bullet. Don't knock yourselves out trying to rush this door. It won't work. It's got an iron bolt on the outside there. It's kind of you to warn us. Yeah, how nice that way. So long, characters. Here goes nothing. See you in the funny papers. It's a miracle we got out of that trap alive. No miracle. A simple telephone call did the trick. A telephone call? But after I found the Juve had checked out of his hotel, I phoned Inspector Kelly at Homicide. A squad of his men had the warehouse surrounded when we arrived. Well, that was a bright idea, to say the least. I take it the inspector's men have our firebug friend well at hand. No, Alec. As a matter of fact, let him slip through their fingers. What? Purposely. That's my special request. But he's being watched closely. I want him on the loose. He'll be of more help to us that way. The report of the detective who was assigned to trail our would-be slayer had one particular item of interest to me. Subject visited Nagel Art Galleries at 9 a.m. So Alec and I hurried over to the Nagel Galleries. The marble halls were busy with the chatter of critics, dilettantes, lovers of art for art's sake. We made our way through the crowd, taking in each painting in the exhibit, and then I saw it. Oh, what's the matter? Why'd you stop? Well, that painting hanging to our right. It's the uh, passing over, the portrait of Betty Stark. Then we certainly came to the right place, eh? We certainly were right. And I expected to find the right answer to all my questions. I had Alec take the picture down. We walked to the end of the main exhibit hall and stopped before the door where the gold letters spelt out Vera Nagel. What do you mean by just walking in here? Who are you? You're Vera Nagel. I am. What do you want? Who are you? My name is Saunders. Rex Saunders. Saunders. You will leave immediately or I shall have to have you forced out. I have no intention of leaving, Miss Nagel, without getting what I came here for. What do you mean? A violent, ruthless killer. This is an art gallery, not a rogue gallery, or aren't you aware of it? Miss Nagel, I am very much aware of the exhibit you have on display outside. One work in particular. I believe it to be the cause of three murders, perhaps even a fourth. I don't understand what you're trying to say. In that case, I'll let the portrait talk for itself. Alec, uh, show Miss Nagel what I mean. Right. What are you doing with that painting? How did you get it? I took the liberty of removing it from the wall outside. Now, Miss Nagel, in your own expert way... You will please tell me the history of this painting. 
You're insistent, aren't you, Mr. Saunders? It is a habit of long-standing. Well, it might interest you to know that I am equally determined. At the moment, I can't see how you can afford to be. Then in that case, suppose you look a little closer. Oh. And I know how to use this gun in my own expert way. Taking up where your man left off at the warehouse last night. That's right. I'll finish what Sid left undone. this gun, Mr. Saunders, in my own expert way. Taking up where your man left off at the warehouse last night. That's right. I'll finish what Sid left undone. Mm. I imagine gunshots would raise quite a racket among your clients outside. I wouldn't think of disturbing my clients. This room is soundproof. Oh, the lady thinks of everything, Alec. Unfortunately. In my business, you have to. And I assume, Miss Nagel, that murder is a good part of your business. When necessary. And at a time like this, it is most Necessary. You are all right, Mr. Saunders? I'm all right, Jouvet. Jouvet? I was in time. This good, n'est-ce pas? I suppose it's none of my business, but how did he get here? I received Mr. Saunders' telegram to go to Chicago and meet him there. You sent Jouvet a wire? No, Alec. That wire must have been the sequel to the bogus phone call I received from Jouvet. We, oui. You are not in Chicago, Mr. Saunders. So, I returned. And we almost forgot. Uh, what about Miss Nagel there on the floor? Oh, I only shoot her in shoulder. She will be all right. She's the one for whom you search? She and an accomplice. We'll get him in due time. Then they were responsible for the three murders? All three of them. But I still don't see a motive. Well, it's quite simple. Betty Stark posed for this picture. From what she told me, I can judge that the acid was thrown in her face as a means of keeping her quiet. Now, that wasn't satisfactory, so she was killed by the hit-and-run car. What about Philip Darcy? Well, the artist was murdered to keep him quiet, too. And Courtney, the dealer, for the same reason? Yes, I'm sure, for the same reason. But why was their silence placed at such a high premium? Well, I'll get to that in a moment, Alec. Jouvet. Oui, monsieur. There's still the matter of your tracking down the Renoir. Oh, I will find the jet. Well, you haven't far to look now. You have for me a lead, monsieur? I have something even better than that. This bottle. Now, watch this, Juve. Mm -hmm. This should be of special interest to you. I rubbed some of the liquid from this bottle over a portion of the portrait. Uh, like this. Monsieur, what are you doing? There. Look, Juve. Monsieur. I, I cannot believe what I see. It cannot be. It is, Juve. It is your Renoir. Yes, it was hidden beneath the portrait of Betty Starr. Yes, Alec. And that's the answer to all of our questions. Darcy superimposed Betty Stark's picture over the French master. But why? Well, to make sure that the stolen Renoir was concealed until a safe and profitable sale was arranged. And the murders were committed to make sure the secret was kept. Exactly. Hmm. Renoir. Just look at that, monsieur. Just look at that. Yes, Jouvet. It's a great work of art. You know, it brings another thought to my mind. What's that, Rex? I just happen to think of the picture the state is going to paint for Vera Nagel and her accomplice. It won't be pretty, but it's comforting to know that justice works with hard and bold strokes. 
RCA Victor and its dealers from coast to coast have brought you the private files of Rex Saunders. Hi, this is Andrew from otrwesterns.com. I wanted to invite you to come take a look at our site. We stream live OTR Westerns 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, along with putting out podcasts of old-time radio westerns. Check us out at otrwesterns.com. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old-Time Radio with Adam Graham. Now let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Well, the episode, I think, really had a good hook to get you uh, interested in what was going on. Of course, in a good middle, but I think it does end up in kind of a very standard uh, solution. And for somebody who is specifically looking for a painting, uh, Rex Saunders is a little bit too amazing. In the final scene, the French guy should have been like, oh, well, that's very clever. Because this thing is definitely not unheard of. At any rate, it was a pretty enjoyable episode. Hope you liked it. And now a listener comment, this one from uh, Mark, uh, who actually mailed in a note, says, Adam, enjoy your podcast. You do a great job. Well, thanks so much for the uh, comments. Really appreciate it. Uh, I think I've had a pretty common uh, experience uh, for people in my generation in that as I've grown older, I've really appreciated things uh, actually being mailed. Uh, makes it kind of special in this very electronic age in which we live. Uh, I wish I was better at uh, mail, but uh, I'm hindered by the fact that my handwriting is atrocious. Now, I would like to tell you that I'm a sad, sad victim of our computer age. And it was because I never had to write anything that my handwriting is just not that good. The truth is that people in my generation, we had to write a lot of stuff well into our 20s. And it was atrocious before that. It's atrocious now. But uh, I still appreciate uh, when others are able to mail me something. Uh, Thank you so much. I appreciate the kind note. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Richard Diamond. And uh, next Tuesday is another episode of The Private Files of Rex Saunders. In the meanwhile, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.